Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse number 2. The Bible says, And the seed of Israel separated themselves from all strangers and stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. This, this will probably be scrambled eggs for a few minutes and hopefully we'll get an omelet when we're done. Um, if somebody, let's just do the hypothetical. If somebody needs deliverance or if somebody is uh, afflicted with a demonic spirit, that spirit is not going to come out just because a Holy Ghost-filled believer told it to come out. If the person that has harbored that spirit does not want deliverance, it ain't coming out. They give it license to stay, and God does not override the will of an individual. As a matter of fact, we'll take it a step farther. If a person has given license to whatever, a spirit to afflict them, uh, to have dominion in their life, God himself, through the principles that he established in the word of God, that demonic spirit can reside there and God himself won't kick it out because it has a license to be there. The human will is very powerful. There are certain rules and principles in the word of God that uh, are set up that God honors. At one time, those demonic spirits were not demonic spirits. At one time, they were heavenly angels. And they are now fallen angels. But if a person uh, invites them in, the only thing, there's only one thing that will cause them to be able to be delivered. And it's not somebody with the Holy Ghost yelling and screaming in their face, come out, devil. Uh, as a matter of fact, somebody with the Holy Ghost can get a rise out of that spirit, can get a reaction from it, but if that spirit has a license to stay, it doesn't have to go. Um, because certain there are certain sins that give license to the enemy to have dominion in their life. And... Um, that is their choice. But when a person says, I repent. When a person begins to repent before God, what that does is it revokes the permission that the enemy had before and takes it away. So now it doesn't have a license to stay. Now that spirit can be told to leave and it must leave because it doesn't have the ability or the invitation to be there. Spirits are invited beings. People through their actions and decisions invite them in. And the only thing that will break the back of the enemy is repentance. Repentance is powerful. Repentance is powerful. Uh, God takes repentance very, very seriously in that when somebody repents, God on his throne looks at the enemy and through his principles and the way he has set things up, he revokes the, the permission that they have been given once a person says, God, I repent of that sin that led me here. 
it revokes the permission of the enemy, and he can then be cast out. You can't, you can't just strong arm the devil. This is going to make a little bit more sense hopefully later. But there's no way around repentance. If you're going to receive the Holy Ghost, there's no way around it. If you don't repent, you can't fool God. Repentance is the door to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and to be washed in his blood. It is, it's the doorway. I must repent. We see in Scripture people receive the Holy Ghost before they were baptized. Some people were baptized before they received the Holy Ghost. But every time, if somebody's going to receive something from God, there must be repentance. Repentance is powerful. So we, we, we discount uh, to our own detriment, unfortunately, in, in a lot of Pentecostal circles. We want people to receive the Holy Ghost so bad that we want them to talk in tongues for 30 minutes but repent for, you know, 10 seconds. Um, repentance is when I really get real with me. Nobody can make you repent. Nobody can, can make anybody repent. Repentance is a decision that I make and say, God, I'm going to cease the sin, the iniquity, the self-control. I repent of it. I turn away. And when I walk out away from this altar, when I walk away from this time of prayer, I'm going to then act out my repentance. Repentance isn't just words in the moment, but repentance makes is your decision. I'm changing my lifestyle. I'm changing what I, what I actively do every day. That's repentance. In, in Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse number 2, and then it's also in Daniel chapter 9, we see that the, uh, the children of Israel here in, in Nehemiah 9 and 2, I'll read it again, and the seed of Israel separated themselves from all strangers and stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of the fathers. Daniel 9 and 16, O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. What is happening here is this people is reversing and putting an end to the cycle of idolatry that we see throughout the Old Testament. Once Solomon passes away and and uh, his son says, I'm, you know, my father chastised you with whips. I'm going to chastise you with scorpions. And he says, I, I'm, going to make, I'm going to rule with an iron fist. The kingdom is divided. And we have a long list of kings who, who took Israel and Judah through cyclical times of idolatry and grotesque sin. Uh, it really, it's it's uh, our our twenty four even in even in the twenty first century here, in 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 where we are in America, it's hard to really describe what kind of sin was going on openly in the land in that day. It wasn't wasn't hidden sin. It was just when idolatry came in. It was it was uh, it was really really bad. There was terrible behavior coupled with. It wasn't just the going and the worshiping of an idol. Um, but it was terrible sin that accompanied the idol worship. And there were high places, the Bible says, that were set up throughout the land. These uh, places of idolatry, uh, idols that were set up through the land of Israel and, and Judah. And uh, we through, you can go, there's a long list of kings that did not serve the Lord. And, and then there's a period, period where they would be so afflicted by their enemies that they would then repent and, and uh, they would go through the cycle of serving the Lord maybe, maybe for a generation or 20 or 40 years or whatever it was. And, and then they would fall back into idolatry again. And there's, here was this cycle over and over and over. And uh, then they would, they would get afflicted by their enemies. And, and, and what happened to them is what God said would happen to them. If you read, uh, I believe it's in the, the last, 
it's, it's the psalm, it's not a psalm, it's a, basically a song that Moses wrote before he passed. I forget what chapter it's in. I, can't, I don't know if it's in the end of Exodus or, or Deuteronomy. Just before they enter into the land of promise, Moses basically says, you guys are going to fall and you're going to sin. It's there. And they, and they did this and they went through this cycle of repentance for a little while and then, then they would fall back into it. But Nehemiah chapter 9, verse number 2, Daniel 9 and 16 are uh, where something shifted in the land of Israel. When they, when they repented for the iniquities of the fathers, there's no more history of them falling back into idolatrous worship again when they were willing to confess their sins and to confess the sins of their fathers, something broke in the spirit. Something broke in that people. Something changed and shifted when they were willing to confess what their forefathers had done was wrong. Something changed. And what they in fact were, you know, we, we, by definition, they were intercessors or they stood in the gap. They, they were willing to say, God, we confess the sins of our families going way, 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 way back. No, they weren't there when they did it. But they, in Daniel 9, it said they have brought a reproach upon us. This is a reproach upon us as a people. And they were willing to humble themselves and repent. I read this scripture this morning, uh, 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. For he hath made him to be, made, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. Our, our, you know, our, the way we approach things many times can be, well, you know, my dad, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, my great-great-grandfather, they made their decisions. That was them. I didn't have nothing to do with that. And there is, that, that is true. I, I, I can't say that, you know, that there are people in my family tree that made decisions that I know nothing about that I have, that I, I, I was not alive then, so how can I be connected to that? Um, however, the Bible says, the Bible says, you know, the Bible can throw a wrench in our, there's this big problem, it's called the Bible. And, and when you see what the Bible says, it can throw a wrench in our way of thinking of what we think is rational and what we think is right according to our own thinking. But the, the, the Bible will help us. Do you believe that? <laughs> the Word of God will help us. Um, and there was this cycle in, in God's people that they had that they had gone through. And once they confessed the sins of their fathers and they repented for the sins of their fathers, something changed. Something changed. There was something about taking ownership, being willing, humbling one's self enough to take ownership of the evil of the forefathers. Something changed. Something shifted. And God took it seriously. God heard them. When uh, somebody has, you know, the Bible talks about, uh, uh, it's in, uh, I believe it's the book of Leviticus. The Bible talks about when a man is, if, if, if they find that a man has been murdered and he is in the field, they, they find the closest 
town to where that man was found murdered. The priest comes and they, they sacrifice a bull. They will break the neck of the bull. They will shed the blood of that animal to cover for the sins of innocent blood being shed. I remember uh, Bishop has said this, and, and I forget the, exactly how the story goes. He can correct me when I'm done, but um, he was talking to somebody, a waitress somewhere that was talking about the city of Rome that had a family member that lives in, within earshot of the Colosseum that said people that live there close to the Colosseum shut their doors and their windows at night because they can still hear the cries of the gladiators. Well, that makes sense with what happened in Genesis. The Bible says that God spoke to Cain and said, The voice of thy brother's blood crieth out to me from the ground. Wherever there is mass bloodshed, innocent bloodshed, there is something different about that scenario in the eyes of God. If somebody was found to have been murdered, they had to, they had to sacrifice and atone for that innocent bloodshed. They had to take it real serious because if there was innocent bloodshed, it could bring a curse upon the land. It would have long-lasting repercussions where there was innocent bloodshed. I know we're not shouting right now, but this is going to help us later. And, I, and there's something the Lord had dealt with me a long time ago. I said a long time ago, off and on, it had come to my mind. And then in just the last couple of days, it kind of came full circle, and the Lord showed me something. And um, the Lord's going to, I pray the Lord will help us tonight. If there, is, if there is a cycle in your family that has happened over and over and over again, the great news is, is you can repent for the sins of the fathers in your family tree. And whatever your father did, your grandfather did, your great-grandfather did, your great-great-great-great-great, whatever it is, I don't care, it doesn't matter how long it goes back. When we follow the 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 Example of Scripture. We can repent for the sins that are in our family tree and they will not come upon your generation. Something can break in the spirit. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter what the downfall is. They may have not been a murderer. They may have just been rebellious or they just may have like the bottle, or they may have, I don't know, whatever the deal was. But there's something, according to Scripture, that happens when somebody is willing to confess the sins of the fathers and even take it upon themselves. Now, that's what, that's what takes humility, is when you're willing to confess the sins of somebody that you probably didn't even know and say, God, forgive me. Forgive my family tree. God, I repent. My family tree repents for the sins of my forefathers, of my great-grandfathers and my great-great-great-grandfathers and, and all, however far it go, back it goes, whatever it is. And something can shift in your life. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 really is, really throws a wrench in my natural way of thinking when it comes to this because Jesus himself who was perfect and sinless, he who knew no sin, the Bible says he made him to be sin for us. He became sin. He stood in the place of all humanity when he was innocent and he allowed the guilt, the shame, and the condemnation. He allowed himself to feel the weight 
of every sin that was ever and would ever be committed. And he knew no sin. He was guilty of nothing. So the most innocent man, the definition of innocence, innocence embodied, would take upon himself all of the sins of the world. Now, there's nobody in the world that's perfect. But we cringe at the thought of, of declaring ourselves guilty of something that somebody else did. There's just something about that that rubs us the wrong way. Well, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I wasn't, I wasn't guilty of that. I wasn't there. I wasn't involved in that. I, I had nothing to do with what my grandfather did. I had nothing to do with what my great-grandfather did. Yeah, that may be true. But he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God. Jesus, the embodiment and the example of an intercessor. Jesus, God robed himself in flesh and came and was the mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. He stood in the middle and said, I will be the one to sacrifice myself, to take upon myself the sin of all humanity so that those that are after me might be made righteous. He did it because there was a prize on the other side of the cross. He was birthing a church. And in order to birth a church and for there to be what he wanted there to be, there had to be that shifting or that taking on of the sin and the guilt and the condemnation of all of humanity. And he paid the penalty. I have, for a long time, desired and, and, and it's, been, it's, it's really been who we are as a church as long as I can remember. This has been a, a multiracial church. But I, it is my desire and my vision for this to be the example of this city of unity and harmony in the presence of God. There's no such thing as a white church. There's no such thing as a black church. There's no such thing as, you know, I, it's, it's one of the saddest things that it is said that Sunday is the most segregated day of the week. And, and there has been, in, in the last, especially the past couple of years, there has been, the climate in our nation has changed and shifted and there's been uh, much said. There are so many loud voices in the media. But tonight, for the sake of what the Word of God says, I want us to take Fox News and CNN and NBC out of the equation. I want us to take Republicans and Democrats, the White House and Congress and the Senate and the House of Representatives. I want us to take all that out of the equation. Let's, let's, let's remove all of that and let's just talk about the Word of God. There are opinions. There, there has been much, there has been much, uh, the, 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 the race issue has been heightened and I, I, I'm not going to say something just because there's an uproar in the media. I don't want to be controlled by, I'm not going to be controlled by the media or, or speak out of fear or all that stuff. The world's going to be the world. And I don't march to the tune of the world. I, I've got to say what God wants me to say when he wants me to say it. And... Um, I, it was back in 2008 
it was right after I, it would have been August of 2008 <clears throat> that uh, I was here in Springfield. My wife and I were a couple of months from getting married. I was here working. She was, my wife was not here yet. I forget where I was, but I heard something on the radio that day that I never forgot. It rubbed me the wrong way at first, but I filed it away. Um, that particular day was, there was a commemoration for the race riots that happened in Springfield in 1908. And I had never actually even heard of it before until that day. Um, I was driving along in the radio, and I, and I don't know who was speaking. I, I'm not sure. There was, it was somewhere here in Springfield. And um, the man that was giving a speech, all I can remember is, uh, and it was, I think it was like on WTAX, it was just a snippet, and it was the news talking about, okay, there's commemorations going on in Springfield. and <clears throat> It was just a snippet of a man that was giving a speech, and in the speech he was, he was saying, you were wrong. You were wrong for what you did. You were wrong for what you did. And uh, we're just being transparent here tonight. Is that all right? Um, and it, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I'm thinking, okay, I wasn't there. I have nothing to do. How, how is somebody going to point their finger in my face? Understand what I'm saying? Tell me I'm wrong. Well, but I filed it away. I just, I just filed it away, and and I never forgot it. It's been what's it been? Uh, Fourteen years. Um. And uh, the Lord started dealing with me over some stuff, and I just. I decided to research a little bit more, and, and I don't have the numbers exactly in front of me. It's, it's easy to research, but in 1908, here in Springfield, a white woman was raped, and there were two black men in custody. Uh, the white community was enraged and basically wanted to get them out of jail and wanted to lynch them. Well, fear for their lives, the, the law enforcement of that time got those men and got them out of town. This enraged the white community. And some 5,000 white people descended upon the black community when it was all said and done. The equivalent today was about $4 million in damages. I believe it was 14 or 16 people lost their lives, murdered, innocent bloodshed. Two, two of the people that died, only two of them were white. One committed suicide. Um, and I believe one was murdered. Innocent bloodshed. What I didn't understand, <clears throat> or what I didn't realize, was that riot. I didn't realize how famous Springfield, Illinois was. In that, if you go to NAACP.org, the very first line on the front page says in 1908 a race riot in Springfield, Illinois was the catalyst to start the NAACP. I wasn't there so I can shrug it off and say, well, I wasn't there. Right, I wasn't. But I am an inhabitant of Springfield. This is my city. I heard a preacher say it like this. God's not looking for somebody to get over it. He's looking for somebody to grieve over it. I'm not going to say that there's never been anybody in this city that hasn't repented for that event where there was a, it, was a, it wasn't just an isolated incident, a small incident. There's, we live in a fallen world. There are, we're constantly being bombarded by the media about racial situations between police and all this kind of stuff. And, and we've witnessed how some things have been taken and taken so far before they got all the facts, and we've seen it go both ways. But let's take all of the media, let's take all of the politics, 
and let's throw that out the window. And let's just look for a moment at our city in the light of God's word. See, we're the people of God. We get judged differently. The word of God is the same for all of us, not just one group or another. It's not different for one group or the other. But I have just wondered. I, this is something I have pondered for a while. If there's something that wouldn't break in the spirit. If there would be a group of people that would take ownership of something that we weren't even alive when it happened and say, God, forgive us. Forgive our city. Lord, we confess the sins of our forefathers in Springfield, Illinois. God, I know it was 114 years ago, but that doesn't matter. Injustice took place, and we want it covered by the blood. See, this is what happens. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. When there is repentance, it revokes Satan's right to oppress Now, I'm just being transparent with this tonight. I, as, as long as I can remember in this church, I, don't, I, I can't think of a time where there has been racial squabbling. I'm not going to say that nothing's ever happened. I'm just saying there has, been, there has been unity here. But I believe that there is a greater level of unity and racial harmony that God is going to do right in the middle of this city. Our nature says, well, I wasn't there. Okay, yeah. Nehemiah chapter, <clears throat> wherever we, Nehemiah, whatever the chapter was we read there, Daniel 9. They confessed the sins of their forefathers and they weren't there either. But they were so desperate to break the cycle and for there to be a change that it didn't, their, 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 their pride didn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, I wasn't there. Yeah. We've settled that. But hear me tonight. I believe that something would shift in the racial harmony of this city if there is an intercessor that says, God there was an a great there was a there was an event that happened and here's how we know that that it's more than just an event is there was a 100 year commemoration and at that 100 year commemoration there was still the pain of that event something it wasn't just an event that happened but literally we are the ones in this city Springfield Illinois that it was the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back that caused a group of people to launch the NAACP. That's us. That's Springfield. I beg of us tonight, don't let that rub us the wrong way. But Lord, your word says, and your people displayed it, the humility to say, God, we'll repent for the actions of people that I never saw I, I never met them. I don't know them. But God, I'll be an intercessor. And I will repent for them. And once we get it under the blood, I'm not saying nobody's ever repented in this city for it. I don't know. I don't know. All I'm saying is, we, as the Pentecostals of Springfield, take it seriously because we love our city. We love this city, and Jesus loves this city. And Jesus wants there to be whites and blacks that come together in a greater unity and harmony than there has ever been in the history of this city. I want the Pentecostals of Springfield to be the poster child for what racial harmony is in the church. Let there be white churches there, black churches there. Let them be whatever, whatever, whoever's going to do whatever they're going to do. Let them do whatever they're going to do. But here, 
we're going to get everything under the blood so Satan doesn't have the ability to come in and try to cause division and stir up racial hatred and racial strife. That doesn't belong here. And we want it so much that we're going to say, God, we're going to make sure that we've got this under the blood. As long as there is unrepented sin, Satan has a license. But I guarantee you going forward, maybe this is why the Lord wants us to do this, because as the climate of the nation and the world changes, it's going to get ugly. But we're going to get under the blood. I feel a good spirit in here right now. Let's just love the Lord for a moment. Lord, we take this seriously. We take this offense seriously. This matters to me, God, as the pastor of this church. What happened in 1908. Oh, Lord, it matters to me. <laughs> it matters to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says, and we've prayed it many times in the book of Acts, and there was great joy in the city. I believe that we have the power to change the climate, not just of this church, but for the climate of our city to change. Oh, praise God. But when there's a group of people that take sin seriously, the Bible says he that knew no sin, he became sin for us. He took it on that they, may, that they might be made the righteousness of God. And I believe everybody in this room wants what I'm talking about. I believe it's the heartbeat of this church. This, this is by uh, absolutely by no means a rebuke to anything that's happened or whatever, whatever, whatever. This is just what I feel like. Maybe the Lord is wanting to get something taken care of for what's coming down the line. There's going to be harmony and unity in this body. Satan's going to try to stir stuff up in this last day. He's going to do whatever he can. But when we get something under the blood... He can't touch what's under the blood. He, can't, he doesn't have license to come in when something is under the blood. It's only unrepented sin that gives him the ability to come in and take up residence and to, and to, to, to mess things up and to do what he does. But as intercessors, as God's people, and this may be something, I'm not sure that this will be one and done tonight. I think that we, we've made repentance a drive-through uh, scenario and Holy Ghost is a sit-down restaurant. I don't know. I want to follow the leading of the Spirit of God, but I, I, but I, I just, as I was researching yesterday, I, I had no idea that this what happened in this city was a catalyst for what would come now. Yeah. Nobody here was alive then. There's probably no, unless there's a, somebody that's 114 years old in Springfield, which there's probably not. Nobody here today was alive when that happened. Okay, settled that. Now, we want our city to be blessed we want, the, we want there to be great joy in the city of Springfield. I know the economy is a wreck and people are moving out of Illinois. I understand all that, but there can still be, even though there is economic oppression in some, uh, in some way, shape, or form, and taxes are high and people are wanting moving out. I understand all that stuff's happening in Illinois, but in the midst of all that, in the midst of all of that, there can still be the joy of the Lord that rests among his people and that is in this city.
when God's people, if they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Healing doesn't come before there's repentance. But I believe we have the ability and the power as God's people represented here in this city to say, God, that event that happened 114 years ago, it matters to me. It may not matter. There are other people may shrug it off and say, well, that was their, that was their decision. I'm not like that. I understand that. But it takes somebody that cares more about the state of the city than their own individual decisions. America has changed greatly in 114 years. There's a lot of stuff that America has slowly crawled out of. However, we're just going to make sure. I'm not saying nobody's ever repented of it before. I'm sure there have been preachers in this town that have. I don't know. I don't know. All I'm saying is, as the Pentecostals of Springfield, we're going to make sure that that's under the blood of Jesus. And we're going to make sure that God hears there are voices right here in the middle of this city that say, God, we want there to be racial harmony in this church, in this city. We want there to be unity and the joy of the Lord that is here. And we're going to repent of everything. We're going to get it under the... Has there, is there racism in every day that happens? We live in a... fall. There's racism every day that happens in every country of the world. Because there's sin there. The reason why I picked this out is because it is a situation where there was a, a large amount of innocent bloodshed and it left a stain. Could you go back and find other instances where the things that happened? Yeah. But nothing quite like this that has haunted the city. I mean, there we are on the front page of that website of NAACP, I think ORG. And I thought, oh, my word. There we are. We're the ones. Now, that can rub my spirit the wrong way by saying we're the ones. But he that knew no sin became sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God. It's not being unfair to myself. It's not white guilt. No. It's God. Take all the media out of it. Take all the politics out of it. Take everything out of it. Except the Bible. There is injustice. And I care. I can't fix every situation. I can't, I can't fix everything. But I can repent for the sins of people that I didn't even know. But God, I'm sorry. I want us to stand right now. And I want us to come around the front. I'm done. I hope, I hope this has made some type of sense tonight. When something is under the blood, Satan may try to get a foothold. But when something is confessed, we're going to love one another. And there is going to be this is going to be the shining example at 600 West Monroe that white people and black people and Asian people and Hispanic people and every other people that God sends us, there is true love one to another. That's what I see. That's what I as a pastor of this church see. It's not going to be one group or another. <clears throat> God's going to raise up preachers that stand behind this pulpit that aren't white. I'm not, I'm not pointing, I don't want to be misunderstood. I'm not pointing my finger at anybody. This is, don't read between the lines because there's nothing there. Okay? But it is my desire 
to raise up preachers and pastors to truly be not just a multiracial, but a multicultural. There's a difference. Multiracial and multicultural. But this is what we're going to do tonight. And I, I feel like the Holy Ghost will let us know when we have, when we have, when we're done. But I want us to get on our face tonight and we're going to repent for the sins of Springfield, Illinois. We're going to repent for the sins of the race riots of 1908 for every life that was unjustly taken. And we're going to confess tonight because God, we take this seriously. I wonder if you'd join with me right now. And I'm not we're not going to just say, Lord, so-and-so did it. God, I'm sorry. God, I repent for the racial injustice of my city. I, re I repent tonight for the racial injustice that took place in Springfield, Illinois in August of 1908. I repent, O oh God, for the ungodliness and for the wickedness, for the sin, for the hatred. For the, for the filth, for all of the sin that took place in the hatred of that situation. God, I repent right now for the sins of my forefathers. As an inhabitant of Springfield, Illinois, God, I repent for my city. God, I confess it right now. I confess, Lord, for the murders that happened. Lord, I repent right now. I ask you to forgive us, oh God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, forgive us tonight. Lord, we confess it. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we don't want this stain upon our city. Lord, we want healing in our city. We want racial harmony in our city. And we repent tonight for the injustice of 1908 and for that major event that took place. Lord, we repent for the racism that took place and for the hatred. God, we don't want it on our charge. We don't want it to be charged to us, but God, we ask you to wipe our slate clean. We ask you to forgive us and cleanse us, God. In the name of Jesus, we ask you to forgive us. Lord, we confess the sin of this city. We confess the sin of our forefathers, the iniquity of our forefathers. Lord, it was sin and it was ugly. It was putrid. It was nasty. It was disgusting. Oh, God, we ask you to forgive us. Lord, we ask you to cleanse us tonight, oh, God. We confess it before you. Lord, cover Springfield with your blood. Lord, bring healing to Springfield, oh God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we want it under the blood. We want it forgiven. Lord, we confess it. 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 Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, our city was wrong. We were wrong for what we did in 1908. God, forgive us and cleanse us. Lord, cleanse us of unrighteousness. Cleanse us of the hatred, oh, God. We confess it before you, oh, God. It's not what we want. We want to be cleansed and washed. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord, cleanse us and wash us, Lord. Lord, forgive us of the sins of our forefathers. The cycle shall be broken in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, cover us in your blood.
Cover us in your blood, oh God. Forgive us and wash us and cleanse us, oh God. Lord, we don't want the stain of that sin that was even 114 years ago. God, it matters to us. It matters to this congregation. It matters to this city. It matters to us as your people, oh God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we repent. We repent. We repent. We repent for the iniquities of our fathers and our forefathers, oh God. In the name of Jesus, God, it matters to us. It matters to us. It matters to us, oh God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we want it under the blood. We want it under the blood. We want it under the blood. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, hear our prayer tonight. Lord, it matters. It matters. It matters, it matters, it matters, it matters, it matters, it matters. It matters to me, oh God, it matters to me, it matters to me. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Your prayer tonight, Lord, let something shift in this city. Let something change in this city, oh God. We want great joy in this city. Oh, In the name of Jesus. I want us to stand to our feet right now and lift our hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. There's a good spirit in here right now. Can we lift up our voice to the Lord and love him and thank him tonight? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing us. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, I feel a good spirit in this house right now. This is what the Holy Ghost will do. Oh, you feel that? Oh, I feel a witness of the Holy Ghost that God has heard us. Let's just love him together. Can we do that? Can we thank him for his forgiveness? Can we thank him for his blood? As we were praying earlier, the Lord gave me this scripture. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them. And in his spirit, there is no deceit. The Lord showed me the people that were involved in this situation. Coming down from generations, God's blessing is going to be poured out on them and on this city in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's love the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, let's just love him tonight. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's going to be great joy in our city like we've never seen it before. In the name of Jesus, the blessing of God is going to come upon us. Hallelujah. There's going to be racial harmony in this city on a whole nother level. In the name of Jesus, God's going to cleanse and forgive and wash and purify. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 God is going to not only give it to us, but once he gives it to us, it's going to be up to us to maintain. And part of that is going to be blocking out a lot of news media. Because news media, there are four words that every, every outlet will say, you should be outraged. That, that makes me outraged right there. No, you don't control what I'm outraged over. I, I may not like or agree with everything or have opinions, but that's, that's there, it, it's, not, it's not media anymore. 
It's not media. It's a lot of it's so much propaganda and wanting to control people. It's not about saying this is what happened. It's about pushing a narrative. Every outlet, every one of them, every one of them lie. And I don't like being lied to. And we've just got to be so very careful, careful and very picky with what we let into our spirit what we believe and what really that's it, what we let into our spirit because you could find yourself getting angry over something and God didn't want you to be angry over that. Get our emotions all tied up into stuff. I want there to be unity in the body of Christ more than I want anything else. Praise God. Praise God. Let's just love the Lord. We got one to baptize here in a moment. Let's just love the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we bless your name. Hey, can, can you go baptize her? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel a lightness in the air right now. Oh, hallelujah. I feel a lightness in the atmosphere. Hiko rosata bahaya. Hiolobo shataya la rokotoria babahaya. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.